You're listening to a lecture entitled Overcoming Self-Doubt by Ra'ama Hetep Amen. This lecture was done in presentation format with slides. Enjoy your experience. Thanks for coming out today. Um, today we're going to talk about overcoming self-doubt. My name or the name that I would like to be called by is, is Rama Hetep Amen. And so um, let's get started. All right, so we're going to go, I'm just going to touch on these topics for today. Of course, overcoming self-doubt, self-doubt in general can be a very vast topic. But we're, we're going to limit it today to just self and the executable, defining doubt, um, how states of doubt come about, how doubt impedes your life success. And then, of course, at the end, we're going to go over some strategies you can use to assist yourself with overcoming doubt or protecting your goals from doubt. The ultimate goal of today's conversation is for you to walk out that door executing whatever you need to execute to bring your life goals to fruition. That's the purpose of today. If you don't get anything else from me today, what I want to do is put you in strictly and straight execution mode where you're doing something to bring forth your specific life goal. And the way I want to do that is by first defining exactly what doubt is, right? Because, you know, we have to understand exactly what it is we're talking about in order for us to, to conquer it. And then I want to talk about how it comes about, and then we'll talk about how it impedes your life success. All right. So we're going to start out with what I call a power truism. And a truism in our, in our concept is almost like a law. It's almost like a scientific law, like the law of gravity. A free-falling object falls at 9.8 meters per second squared. What does that mean in layman's terms? That means if I jump off of the Empire State Building, I'll die. That's a law. And what defines that law is how fast my body falls. This is a, this is a truism excuse me, that speaks to your person, your power, what the universe is providing for you in support of your, person, your, your personal self-wellness. It's a law. It cannot be changed. It cannot be obstructed. It is what it is. So... The first truism is, I am all-powerful. I have all the power and magic necessary to overcome any and all obstacles and to bring about any effect necessary to achieve my life goals. Let me say that one more time. I am all-powerful. I have all the power and magic necessary to overcome any and all obstacles and to bring about the effect necessary to achieve my life goals. That's a law. It cannot be broken. It cannot change. You were born into this. You, as being a representative of the Creator, there is obviously a connection between the two, correct? We share in the qualities of the Creator, but not in magnitude. Just like if you take a cup of water from the ocean, that water still shares the same qualities as the ocean, but you can't sink a ship in that cup of water. So the magnitude is defined by this relationship. It's almost like a covenant. You are born with this. It can't change. Before we move forward, I want to 
Hear us all say it together. Can we all say it at the same time? All together. I am all powerful. I have all the power and magic necessary to overcome any and all obstacles to bring about any effect necessary to achieve my life goals. You have to own that. It's very important that you understand this because before we move forward and discuss doubt, you have to know this. I, this is one of my most favorite proverbs. It's from the Bantu-speaking people of the Congo. Father Placid was a Catholic priest, and he went into the Congo to try to, quote-unquote, Christianize these people. And what, he en- what ended up happening was he became very appreciative, if you will, of their philosophy. As a matter of fact, their philosophy actually stood up and was never conquered by Christians. So he wrote a book on their philosophy. So, one, so the Bantu proverb, one of them states that creation given by the creator cannot be taken away by another created thing. Now, that is a very rich proverb. If you think about it, think about it, you can write books on that. It's very rich. You can go into different directions with that proverb. It says creation given by the creator cannot be taken away by another created thing. That's impossible. That's a law. It's impossible for something else to obstruct you. So based on this proverb, I created my own inferred proverb. You can infer based on having something as a foundation. So I inferred Success destined by the creator cannot be obstructed nor prevented by another created thing. It's an inference from the proverb creation given by the creator cannot be taken away by another thing. Which stems from the truism. I am all powerful. As a matter of fact, you'll find that you're not here to create success. That's not your job. You're here to experience success. Those are two different things. Creating your own success is different from the experience of success. That's why when people achieve their goals, they always say it's not the goal, it's the journey. The experience that you go through to achieve your success is what you have control over. The actual success is something that is, is, is not destined to you, but it's something that's there for you to have. It's not guaranteed, obviously, but it's something for you to have. So you're here to experience success through the application of your person. So before we get go, go into different directions, it's very important that we kind of establish this. We have two different entities here. We have what we call self, which is consciousness. You hear many people, many different traditions talk about it. Differently, the identification of your person, what gives you the sense of consciousness, the fact that you're here. Raise your hand if you're present here today. You're here because there's something that is giving you the awareness that you're conscious, that you're present. You're sitting here now listening to me. There's something that is allowing you to do that. We call that self-consciousness. If you close your eyes, if I was to turn off your five senses... 
where you couldn't hear, you couldn't taste, you couldn't touch, you couldn't feel, you couldn't do any of those things, you would still be conscious. You just you wouldn't be you wouldn't get any information. There wouldn't be any information coming from the external environment so that you can reason it and so on. But you would be aware that you exist. The second aspect is what I call executable. And I call it magic because it's a part that goes beyond our understanding. The word magic simply means things that we can't understand. That's why we name it magic. It's something that we, you know, I, I, we can't comprehend how it works. Most people call this spirit. I don't like using the word spirit because spirit has such a rich, uh, you know, uh, different ways of looking at it. I like to call it my vehicle of execution, the executable. You make a decision and then there's something else that executes that for you. The self-conscious side is responsible for initiating decisions. You decide to act. That is coming from your self-consciousness perspective. As a matter of fact, has anybody had an idea to do something and you chose to override that idea Mm -hmm. to do something else? You just prove the reality of what I just said. In order for you to override a thought, you can't be the thought process. You can't be the entity that's producing the thought. You have to be something that's perceiving the thought. And that entity that's perceiving the thought itself is consciousness. We call consciousness. A lot of people, unfortunately, identify with their thinking apparatus I think, therefore, I am, which is an incorrect, you know, axiom. Because the part of you that perceives the thought cannot go through the process of thinking. It's just perceiving and reasoning the idea. Self-consciousness is necessary to achieve a specific goal. Actions create the goal. Thinking, wishing, going through this whole process does not create your outcomes. Self, through the initiation of action and decision, brings about outcomes. The action that you take initiates this magical vehicle that we call spirit, the executable. Your spirit is in a state of, or your executable is in a state of inactivity until you act. If you're not taking any action... It's like turning your car off. If you don't crank the car up, it doesn't, it can't do anything for you. Your spirit is turned off because you're not taking action. The quality of decisions defines the quality of the effect. And I'm using the word effect, not effect. So the quality of your decisions defines the effect. And last but not least, Self-consciousness action is only 10% of success. It's a very potent 10%, but the act itself is only 10%. Some of us, unfortunately, we're not even 10 percenters. We're not doing anything. And that's why I wanted to have this, this event today, because I wanted to help people, you know, get going and getting started. The executable is unconscious. It takes an act and produces the effect of that act. Because without the effect, an act is just an act, right? But the effect of producing outcomes from that act is the responsibility of this executable.
It is impossible to comprehend. Do you know that science knows every ingredient of blood, but they still cannot make synthetic blood suitable for humans? So we still have to go and do blood drives and things of that nature. We know every, every ingredient that's in blood, we know, but we still are unable to produce a synthetic version for, suitable for humans. Science knows everything that goes into the digestion process, but it still cannot tell you how your body takes a potato chip and turns it into blood. You see, there are certain things that just goes beyond our comprehension. We don't understand them, so we call it magic, but it's impossible to comprehend. However, I can initiate the process of creating blood through what? Taking the action to eat. See, taking the action to put food in my mouth initiates the digestive process, right? So we know how to get it started and get it going by specific actions, but we still don't necessarily understand or comprehend it. This particular energy is your effect or the, the effect that it creates is based on attraction and repulsion. It attracts things to you that you need that will support your actions to bring them to fruition. And it will repel things that are not in alignment to your life path. That is very important for you to understand because a lot of times we question situations that are given to us. Not knowing that, first of all, it's impossible to comprehend what we're going to get, but second, it's always able to attract to you what you need to manifest your, manufacture your success. This is 90% of success. 10% is putting the act out there. 90% is the unseen. I don't know. It's just happening. It's working. This entity works for you 24-7, even when you're asleep. This entity doesn't go to sleep. Consciousness goes to sleep. Even while you're asleep, you, you, you created action during the day. You go home, go to sleep. Guess what? That vehicle is still out there trying to do what? Bring about that effect, the effect of that particular idea. It doesn't go asleep. That's why we say it's 90%. Over here, I got to eat. I got to sleep. I got to spend time with friends. This is consciousness. That's why we say it's only 10%. The other apparatus works 24-7. It is omni-effective, meaning whatever effect it wants to create, it creates. Okay, so now that we understand that and we've kind of built a foundation, in my opinion, there's two expressions of doubt. There's the doubt of your skills, the doubt of your abilities, and what I call an attack on self-confidence. This one typically takes place when you are in a situation where your natal personality, your innate talents and abilities are not aligned to the uh, the needs of that particular situation. Like, for instance, my innate abilities are not suitable for being a police officer. Why? Because every time I pull somebody over, whatever, they would be able to, you know, log me into a conversation. You know, so I just have a conversation. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, all right, brother. You know what, brother, man, don't worry about it, man. Just leave the gun here, go on, man. You know, don't worry about it. 
<laughs> I wouldn't be suitable for that, right? It's, I, couldn't, I couldn't do nursing. My innate ability is not good for nursing. Girl, get your butt out of that bed and stop playing. I just had heart surgery. Man, everybody have heart surgery. Let's go. So I, I would get fired immediately. Now, if I was in those jobs, I, my confidence, my, I would doubt myself. Why? Because I would be in the wrong place. My innate, innate talents and abilities would not be aligned to that. So eventually I would come to a state of doubt. And then, of course, I would lack self-confidence. Most of the time, people will do things that they're driven to do because they like it. The worst thing you want to do is do something just because it's good money. And that's the reason why we have bad police officers. That's why we have bad teachers, because it's good money. That's not those are jobs that are not suitable just to do because there's good money involved. It takes a certain personality. All right. The other part, which I think is the major part, is what we call the doubt of the process. Ninety percent of the process is unseen. We always use this uh, analogy of imagine if you planted a seed and then dug it up every day to see if it was growing. Eventually, you would destroy the seed. The fact that it's unseen creates the doubt. I don't know what's going on. I'm trying to figure out, you know, I did this act. I did it just like they told me and there's nothing happening. But the fact of the matter is that majority of what you need is unseen. You can't see it. So it creates doubt simply because. I don't I can't touch, taste or feel it. That goes beyond comprehension, just like the blood. I don't need to know how blood is created, do I? I just eat and there's a magical apparatus that takes care of that for me. You know, imagine if you had conscious control over your digestion. And so as you ate that steak, you got into an argument with your wife and forgot to turn on the enzymes and the. And the gastric acids, <laughs> you would die of an infection. So certain things that have to be kept out of your conscious control. But every goal has 90 percent. You don't know what's going on. I'm in a, I'm in a beautiful relationship. I have a great been married for all, been married for. 23, 20, OK, 23 years. <laughs> now, somebody would came to me and showed me everything that we had to go through. Before I got into the relationship, I said, no, nah, I'm good. Don't want to go through any of that. I'm good. And vice versa, right? See, there are certain things that have to be kept unseen. You don't need to see this. It's on a need-to-know basis. All right, so what is doubt? Doubt comes from the Latin root dubitare, which means hesitation. Doubt is simply a mental state of hesitation, a pause, non-action. If you suffer from doubt, I guarantee you also suffer from non-action. You're not doing anything. Eventually, it, you doubt the merit and power of your actions. Why? Because actions is only 10%. So you do something and then you go, well, I didn't see any results. St second part is you doubt the circumstances. In my coaching business, people come to me sometimes and then they question, why do they come to me? I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't know why the universe brought me to you. I mean, it's, it's obviously something in there. Why did this man, why did I get this man? I, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Why did I get this woman? Yeah, that's a very good question. You're not going to find the answer. What circumstances have been brought to you? The, we said that the unseen, the executable is omni-effective.
which means what? It is guaranteed to bring you somebody. When people say there's no good men out there, that's a lie. There's no good women. That's a lie. You've always met people. When, I, when somebody said, I go, you've never been in a relationship? Well, yeah. You're, you, there's no such thing as no men out there. No, there's always, you always presented with options. I've never heard of anybody that has never been presented with options. This system is omni-effective. It's going to bring you things. But since you don't understand, you question those circumstances, which puts you in a state of doubt. How does states of doubt come about? We've already talked about it a little bit. Attempting to accomplish something outside of your talents and skills. That, that's a surefire way of creating doubt. I see that real estate, some, my real estate friend is making a million dollars. I want to get into real estate. Do you have, the t- <laughs> I mean, talents and skills to do that? It takes skill to do that. It's not something that you can just run out there and say, I'm just going to do. You know what? I want to open up a restaurant. Okay. Do you have the talents and skills to do that? Or do you know your talents and skills? Maybe your skills are more suitable for doing this and you may have to hire other people around you. Dreaming specific or thinking of bringing about effects. For instance, YouTube, social media. This is social media is a blessing and it's also a problem. And here's why. You get a chance to see other people's lives. It gives you access. It gives you access to famous people who are successful. You get to see how Jay-Z did it. You get to see how Future did it. You get to see how the Kardashians did it. And guess what people do? They take that image and try to imprint it upon their own success. And then they start thinking about, okay, this is how they did it. So guess what? I'm going to do it this way. Like, for instance, you got people that grew up in the suburbs. They want to rap. They try to move into the hood and live without stuff so they can become a rapper. How you imprint somebody else's life on top of yours. And then you're telling that 90 percent how to do it. It's an incorrect communication. Jay-Z's path is Jay-Z's path. Your path is completely different. You have to ride your path. Thinking or attempting to comprehend or know something that cannot be known or understood. How many times have you heard people talk about conspiracies as if they're law? You ever had have somebody tell you, you know, like, they're like, yeah, you know, these people, when they get together up in the mountains of blah, 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 and, you know, they organize it. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with that? No, that's the truth. No, you were there? No. Well, I'm going to make that the basis of my decisions. That you're going to create doubt. Why? Because this, I don't know if that's what took place. Does it matter? But you hear people communicate these things like they're law. I, you know, I don't know any. I don't, I don't know that when you get into that process, you become doubtful. You find yourself in a state of what? Pause, hesitation, non-action. Did your boss come to you and tell you that they directly to your face that they don't like you? No. But they don't like me. Well, how do you know? I don't know. I just know. That creates doubt. Attempting to comprehend something that has nothing to do with execution. 
I-E, I-G, E-G, my boss don't like me. Does that have anything to do with how you perform your job? No. It does not. Does the fact that these people meet up in the mountains and write out all the history and control everything, does that have absolutely anything to do with how you execute? No. It does not. But if you take on these things you, and try to comprehend them, you'll find yourself in a state of doubt. You'll, doubt. you'll find yourself in a state of pause, non-action. And if you think about it, all the conspiracy guys, they make money on the conspiracy. They don't make money on taking action against the conspiracy. They make money on producing conspiracies. You ever, th you ever notice that? Attent attempting to render rational something that is completely irrational. People who are racist do exist. But racism by its very philosophy is an irrational concept. The more I spend time talking about it, the more I spend time making it real, the more I make, try to make something that is completely irrational, rational. The, versus doing something to render yourself impervious to racism. Because that's actually something that you could do. Let's say for whatever reason, my boss doesn't like me. Woke up one day, I don't like Addison. I don't like Rama. Can't stand it. That actually happened to me once. It wasn't my boss. It was a coworker. And when I was in computer science and I was doing the whole Y2K programming and they would give me like eight programs for the week to program. Well, I'm done in like two days. So for the other three days, I don't have anything to do. Right. So I'm on the phone talking like, oh, hey, how you doing? What's going on? What y'all doing this weekend? And so so one of my coworkers. I guess she took offense to that, the fact that I was talking. So she stands up over my cubicle and, why are you always talking? You never do your work. You're never doing your job. Blah, 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 blah. I'm getting sick of it. I say, you want to go talk, talk this over with the manager? You always got to call your daddy. I was like, no, I'm not going to engage you anymore. We can go talk to the manager. So we go in front of the manager. So the manager goes, Addison, were you talking on the phone? I was like, yeah. And he instantly turned to her. Well, do you have a problem with how he works or whatever? No. Do you have a problem with the quality of his work? No. Addison, could you keep your voice down while you're talking on the phone? Sure. Okay. My point is, is that I don't know why she, maybe she woke up that morning, maybe her husband didn't, didn't hug her before she came to work. That absolutely has nothing to do with me. Because my job is done. I do my job to 150%. If I can't do 150%, I leave. Regardless of whether she likes me or not, that has absolutely nothing to do with that. But you will find some people trying to take irrational and make it rational by talking about it, communicating about it. I don't know these. I don't know what is going on with the manager. I really don't. You understand how much I coach people who are making a lot of money. I got people, clients who are making a couple hundred thousand dollars and lose jobs. Why? Because they try to create or make irrational. I mean, make rational the irrational. The manager just hired you, paid you two hundred thousand dollars. Now you're saying after three months they don't like you. Do you understand how rare that is? But that's what happens when you try to create a turn something that's completely irrational, rational. And it creates that level of doubt. Now you're not doing your job anymore. And eventually you will make that into a reality. Your manager will eventually have this day and eventually have to fire you.
If you come to work every day saying that your manager has it out to get you, what type of energy state are you in? Are you in a happy-go-lucky, you know? No, you're not. You're in a terrible attitude. Everybody in the building sees it. You're not executing the pro- accordingly. And eventually that reality becomes a reality. Pure execution mode. I need everybody to remember this. Pure execution mode. Where you're just putting one foot in front of the other, executing according to what your goals are. If you're not in pure execution mode, you're not in a particular mode for success. You can't, you, can't, you can't bring success anymore. If you're not doing something daily that is known to create the level of success that you want, you don't have success. You got to initiate the 10%. If you don't initiate the 10%, the 90% doesn't take place. This is what millennials do. They spend all day watching YouTube videos about other millionaires. Taking their lives and kind of grafting it onto their specific life. They're not doing anything. They do talk, but they're not doing it. Have a lot of talent and ability. Have a lot of skills. Have a lot of opportunity. The millennials have more opportunity than any generation before them. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, they, it's tons of opportunity now. But you're not doing anything. Why? Because your main focus is to pay attention to the lifestyles of other people. That's what social media does. You're not in pure execution mode. You're not out there putting one foot in front of the other, bringing about your own effect. And one of the reasons why is doubt. And we talked about one of the reasons why that takes place is because you're not executing the situations that come to you. You're not in a position to execute. Why? Because you're in that state of trying to rationalize the irrational. You're in a state of doubt. You're in a state of hesitation. You're in a state of pause. That 90% is bringing you opportunities. You're not acting. You're thinking about the wrong things. My boss don't like me. My boss didn't give me a hug today. My husband didn't give me a hug. And then we find excuses as to why we don't have the success that we want. Non-acceptance of the bona fide opportunities necessary for your life success. You know, I've had people who watch YouTube and social media and social media and YouTube shows you what? Instant success. That executable part of you that's responsible for the 90% is always doing its job. It always brings you situations from which you can execute. It always does its job. The problem is you have an image of what you're looking for. That is not in alignment to what that 90% is bringing you. For example, let's say somebody wants to get into vegan cooking. Well, they know how to cook, but they never run a business before. So they have this prepackaged image of what and how their success is going to take place. And so when opportunity comes, hey, you know, I heard you was trying to get into vegan cooking. Yeah, I got a show I'm doing. You want to come and do some vegan cooking? Sure. 
Um, how much are you going to pay me? I'm not going to pay you anything. What do you mean not going to pay me anything? Okay, so we compensate a little bit. All right, I'll pay you a little bit. Well, no, the average vegan cook makes $300 an hour. You're not the average vegan cook yet. You're just starting. Nah, I don't want to do it. I'm, you're not paying me what I'm worth. Why? Because they watch videos of what? Kardashian charge $1,000 an hour. Well, how did the Kardashians get started? See, you don't understand the 90. No, that's a bona fide opportunity. Maybe you do it for free and meet somebody. And you gradually do what? Escalate your price. Who knows the story of Sean Puffy Combs? I, I love this story. I wish I, I'm, I don't know if he's written a book, but he should. But anyway, he wanted to get into the record industry. He wanted to understand how the inner workings of the record business worked. An opportunity came his way. Uptown Records. So he came and told them, I'll work for free. He just walked in. Not, <laughs> I don't know if you really know who Sean, you know, he wears the hats and stuff. He's really into his fit. You know, do you think he thinks highly of himself? He really thinks highly of himself. Can you imagine, do you think that way of thinking of himself started when he became rich? No, he's always been that way. Do you understand how much effort it takes for you to dial that personality back? To make it humble? To go through a process of working for free for a year? So he works for these people. Now, this is what they have him basically doing what we call do boy work. Where he's just basically bringing donuts and he's running miles away, getting stuff, coming back into the meeting, sweating. If I want coffee from that diner over in, in Brooklyn, he'd take off again. He did such a phenomenal job that one day the people were meeting together and said, look, we got to pay this guy. This is after almost a year of working for free. They literally get together and say, we got to pay this guy. If you take the situations, your 90% is always working in your favor. It will bring you what you need. The question is, are you going to take advantage of it? Are you dreaming too specific versus looking at what you have in front of you? What do you have in front of you? You are never opportunityless. There's always opportunities. You are in the state of doubt, you're in the state of pause, you're in the state of non-action. And it's my job today to get you out of that. The Wayans family, who knows the Wayans? The Wayans are kind of our age, you know, they're kind of the phase out, right? But they tell these stories about how they just pick up a camera and just start video. I think it's what, 10 siblings? It's a lot of, yeah. And they would just take, start doing silly stuff with cameras or whatever and just start videotaping each other and... That spawned into them having their own, you know, making their own movies and things of that nature. Did they have time to think about whether that movie they were making was good? You don't know what good is. Hello, millennials. I listen to some of your music and, you know, good is what, right? It's magical. And I listen to some of it. It's like, okay, all right, man, this is how many albums you sold? 20 million. Wow. <laughs> Maybe I'm old, but that's magic. That's why I like listening to the music. It's not that I, in, I enjoy listening to drill music and things of that nature. What I hear is magic. And go to this low written school, whatever, and becomes a millionaire through rap. Do you understand that's the 90%? Can you comprehend that? Huh? Is that comprehensible? That is not.
I have no idea. But that's magical. Is it not? Kid goes up and he, he literally does a video in his house with some, look like some pajamas he wore and creates a song. Him and his friends just in there videotaping him doing a song. And he gets 60 million views on YouTube. What we see is somebody who is bastarding the process or whatever. What I see is a kid, magic. That little weed found its way up through the cracks. No matter what your judgment is about him, that's the 90%. There's no way you can comprehend that. He's, he's not supposed to be a millionaire. But what, he, what did he do? He went out and created the video. And so that's why I listen to that music, because it still reminds me of what? The 90%. The problem is that the, 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 uh, most of us who are turning our nose up at these kids are not doing 10 percent of anything. Do you understand how hard it is for you to be Gucci or any of these guys? Now, they, we look at Gucci in the beginning, doing drugs, doing lean, you know, stomach all out to here, whatever. But do you understand how much effort it takes to maintain that 10 percent to get to that level? How many hours they're in the studio, how disciplined they are. Now, they sell undisciplined. That's what sells. But behind the scenes, trust me, trust me, they're extremely disciplined. But those kids are out there doing the 10 percent. That's it. And invoking their 90. Never question your ability to act in success. Never question yourself. Once you know exactly what action to take, you cannot question yourself. Why? Because you need to know that you're only doing 10% of the work. Sometimes we don't take the act because we think that the acting is, is 90% when it's not. No, it's only 10%. Initiate the act. The act turns on your, your magical vehicle. The same way you eat food, that particular act turns on the digestive system. And your digestive system turns that food into blood. Self-confidence is a must. Here's what I mean by self-confidence. Once you're in the state of acting and you're put, putting that necessary acts out there, you have to be extremely confident that what you're doing is going to bring about your unique success. Your unique success. Not Jay-Z's success. Not the Kardashian success. Now, you may have that level of success in you. Nobody is disputing that. But thinking about that puts you in a state of doubt when the situation doesn't align that way. It's best for us to do what? Be confident about the act. Let the act and the situations play itself out and we take advantage of all the opportunities that come my way. And whatever happens at the end of that, I'll be happy with. Whether that means a million dollars, two million dollars, become a hundred thousand heir, whatever it means. Do not attempt to make the rational, make rational the irrational. Your boss may not like you. Let's say your, your boss may not like you. That's an irrational view for your boss to have. Should I allow that to become a part of my rationale? Whatever problems this particular person has? No. 
but we spend time at the water cooler making it rational. I don't know why that person is like that. That's not my job. I'm hopefully, they have a, hopefully they have a psychiatrist. That's their job. When it becomes an issue with my job and my productivity, I leave. I go find another job that pays more. Don't dream specifics. We just talked about that. What's your goals? What's your dream? What are you, you going to accomplish? How's your life played itself out? Don't take on the Kardashians lifestyle. Don't, look, don't, don't take on Jay-Z's process. What I like and what I try to get from stories of other people is the fact that it can be done. That's what you see. Oh, man, it can be done. You mean they grew up just like me? I can do it. But I'm not going to take ownership of their life because it's not my life. All right, because when you do that, you create the wrong image. And then when you get opportunities, you don't see them correctly. You don't understand them for what they are and you pass on them. So what I typically tell clients is like, you know, if you want to be a millionaire, think of an image that can only take place if you're a millionaire. So like, for instance, I'm writing the book. So the image that I have is not the actual book itself. Because I can have a title of a book or whatever, take it to the editor. The editor goes, nah, we don't want this title. But because I've been spending years with this image, I might get upset. Like, what? No. No. And here's your million dollar check back. I don't want that. No, that name has to stick. So what I do is I see an image that can only take place unless my book is accomplished. So what I do is I go out. I might have an image of somebody introducing me at a speaking engagement to promote my book. See, that's non-specific. Now, how that comes about, I don't know. It's 90%. But sometimes you guys will go out and say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to meet Jay-Z and he's going to listen to my music. And, and then when it doesn't happen, what happens? You start doubting yourself. When the guy that could have actually helped you was right next to you. Could I listen to your music? You're a life coach, aren't you? <laughs> no, nah, man. You don't know nothing about this. Stay in your lane. Oh, okay. You don't know who my clients are, though. This actually happened in the barbershop, and this guy walks in selling a CD. So he pops it in. It actually sounded pretty good. So my barber knows a producer. You know, he knows a producer. So it's like, yeah. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm going SoundCloud. You don't want to meet the producer? No, I'm doing SoundCloud. I'm doing it. I'm like, okay. And we literally spent uh, almost an hour trying to get, convince him just to go talk to this guy. He wouldn't do it. So we gave him a hypothetical. If Drake, he had five songs on his mixtape. If Drake came to you and said, give me one of them songs, would you give it to him? Now, he's not going to give it to him. Of course, he'd pay for it. He said, no, I wouldn't give it to him. He has his mind locked on how it's going to happen for him. That's a problem. So eventually he will get to a place where he's unsuccessful and eventually he'll start to doubt himself. He actually has some skills, but eventually he'll eventually doubt himself. Eventually he'll find something else to do. Don't dream specific. Be as abstract as possible. Let the 90% do its job. Be willing and able to recognize what's in front of you. Take advantage of what's in front of you first. Life success is on a need-to-know basis. Do not attempt to comprehend the unknowable. I'm trying to do some things, trying to get more, you know, uh, social media conscious, right? I'm at 30 followers on Instagram right now, you know what I'm saying? So 
still finding my way, you know what I mean? Make sure y'all go to my social media, right, my Instagram, and hook a brother up. <laughs> you know, uh, there's some people in here with 2,000 followers. I'm not saying any names, you know what I mean? I'm not going to blast them out, you know, you know 3,000. I'll be at 3,000 one day. I just don't know when it's going to happen, right? Right, Jawanza? <laughs> you know, but my point is that I can't. Okay, so let's say I had this idea after this event, I'm going to be at a thousand followers. You see, now when it doesn't happen, what happens? Uh, you know, it's not, it's not, this is work. I get into doubt. Five followers is okay. I just saw Gary V. He showed a snapshot of his social media page at two followers. He took a picture of it, I guess, back in the day. He only had two followers. It's okay to have two followers. It's okay to have 30. As long as you're working the process, that's going to eventually lead to other things. I don't know how and when that's going to take place. It's not my job to worry about that. My job is to do what? Do these. We already talked about this a little bit, but learn to accept the situations and opportunities that come your way. But that's what Sean Puffy Combs did. You think they just hired him? You think he just walked off the street and they said, he said, can you hire me? Uptown Rick, can you hire me? No. He was there every day till they hired him. Like, hey, all right, whatever. You want to sweep? Sweep. Learn to accept the situations that come your way. Are you in a position to demand or tell people what it is? If you're not, then accept what the universe is giving you. It's done its job. It's taking care of you. There's an opportunity. Everybody started out low. Don't step into that situation thinking about what it is. Let your 90% do the work for you. Get the experience. Take advantage of the situations that come your way. Last but not least, everybody knows what pure execution mode is. If you don't have something to do tomorrow to make your business grow, you don't have a business. What are you doing tomorrow when you wake up? It's okay to go get a job. Get a job, pay your bills, but you got to have that something else that you're developing, that you're building. With social media and things of that nature, it's, this is the perfect time for business owners. It's, it's, everything is easy. If you want to get into entertainment now, you can create a movie with your cell phone. You don't, you don't even need big equipment anymore. You want to sell stuff? There are guys selling stuff in their trucks now. You don't even need a store. Whatever it is, you need to put one foot in front of the other and continue to do that work. Pure execution mode. If you're not doing something, you're in a state of doubt. Get yourself out of the state of doubt. Find something. And let the 90% take care of the rest. If I love doing yoga, I'm just going to do yoga 24-7. For free if I have to. You shouldn't do anything that you don't love enough that you're not willing to do it for free. I know that's a cliche. But it's actually the truth. Because 90% of the time, in the beginning, guess what? I got to do it for free. But you do it for free until you get to a place where you're good enough to do it for more. But you, most of us don't want to start at the, the place that the universe is telling us. Start where you don't know. You don't have the money. You don't have the experience. Don't come in trying to ask for $1,000. You may have to go get a job and do this on the side. But your love for the business is what should put you in the pure execution mode. It's not about money. Who knows the story of Jay-Z? And he has all these different styles that he went through. And he continued to put one foot in front of the other. 
None, none of them worked. And then, of course, he saw Biggie rap, and that was rap. He realized that bling rap was his genre. He could have easily quit when he didn't make any money from the first phase. But you just continue to put one foot in front of the other, and you let the 90% do its job. Because I don't know how this thing is going to turn out. I don't really care to know. I just know it's going to turn into something. And that's the focus. So pure execution mode is about creating outcomes through your action. That's the only way you will turn that magical process on is by taking some level of action. The action that you take, you have to understand that it's necessary in that genre of, or field that you're looking at. Oprah Winfrey cannot tell you how to become a billionaire, but she can tell you how to take steps to become a good social, not social media, but uh, media personality. Jay-Z can tell you what steps to take. He can't tell you how to become one of the greatest rappers of all time, but he can tell you what steps to take. You need to be in the studio at least four hours a day. You need to do this. You need, right? He can tell you those things. Those are executable steps. How it turns out, I don't know how it's going to turn out. I really don't know. I can only imagine that, that that young man from Chicago did not create that little song in his, little, in his pajamas thinking that one day it was going to turn into a nationwide you're right. He didn't have time to think. He just had time to produce the video. I hope this lecture helps you get into pure execution mode where you will execute your 10% to activate your 90% magical effect. Also, feel free to like me on Twitter and follow me on Instagram at Ra'amahetep. That's R-A-A-M-A-H-E-T-E-P. Once again, let's conquer Dow together. See you the next time.